Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I had the gayest weekend of my life. Amazing. Without going to a Pride event, this is about the gayest weekend I've ever had, and I'm loving every minute of it. I I kicked things off Friday with my best friend who's a lesbian. A lesbian, by the way. I am. And, uh... We watched Hocus Pocus 2, which is the gayest film ever made. The gayest? Okay, but we cannot scratch over this. We made homemade pasta. We sure did. It was so delicious. Mm -hmm. It tasted just the way we wanted it to. Speaking of scratch, we made it from scratch. Literally, we are kneading dough together. Yeah, we killed it. It was Mm -hmm. so good. Yeah. Freddie was the best. Best. It was a good night. I had leftover pasta that I turned into carbonara last night. It was wonderful. Delicious. Mm-hmm. So, right, Friday, pretty gay. Lesbian, homosexual, making pasta and watching Hocus Pocus too. Yeah, gay. Couldn't get any gayer. Well, we started to ramp things up by Saturday as I read a thriller novel um, with a strong heroine, a female character. So that's kind of gay. But mm. then we started watching a new series on Netflix called Designing Miami. And I'm in love with the guy because I have a crush on him. But all of like the little, like Latina girls are like the cutest, most fierce, hilarious things in the world. Oh my gosh! I can't wait to watch it. It was really cute. Loved it. Then, here's how gay it gets. We have tickets because we tried to go see Bros, Billy Eichner's new film on yeah. Saturday. Yeah. It was sold out. Apparently nowhere else because it bombed at the box office. But it did great here in Los Angeles, right at the Grove. Very gay. And so we couldn't get tickets Saturday, so we bought tickets ahead of time for Sunday. So we started off Sunday, did that. Gay. So good, by the way. Go see it, go see it, go see it. It's actually hilarious. It's got a lot of heart. I think a lot of the humor will go over pe- like straight people's heads, maybe. But it's for our community, and it's a great film. Well, I can't wait. Me and Lisa actually saw you at the Grove yesterday. That was the next part of my gay day. Well, we had it. It was so fun. You Lisa finally le- got home. A lesbian lunch? We had a lesbian lunch. Mm-hmm. We sat by the fountain mm-hmm. at the Italian restaurant. Yep. We had espresso martinis. We walked out and there they were. And then Lisa, who I think missed me so much, told me the sweetest thing that she did. And I was sobbing. Oh, we walked out. She was wiping her tears. Oh, it probably looked like I was being murdered, but I was just heartfelt. And it was so fun. I've never sat by the fountains at the Grove and had lunch. Like it was everything. It was. You looked adorable. You looked. looked, And we just missed Doctor James. He was there too. Yeah, I ran into Doctor James. Marched right up to him with his friend. They were going to see Bros Bros too. Also. 
Yeah. So then we went to the dog park for a little bit, very gay, and we capped things off last night by watching Fire Island with Bo and Yang on Peacock. Also very gay. The gayest weekend of my life. So cute. So good. I want to go see Bros. I'm going to go do it. It's a really, really, really funny movie. Yeah. But I love Billy Eichner. Like, I'm such a big fan that it's not, like, twisting my arm by any means. I'm happy to go. Oh, no. Jay Rodriguez is in it. I mean, reason yeah. enough. And, you know, the original host here of The Morning Beat. Also, Deborah Messing is a scene stealer. She's iconic. Is I- she really? Iconic. Bowen Yang is too. She's it's, trying to show I should have got she should have gotten the I Love Lucy character. It's all just really good. Although I did watch that too a few weeks ago. And Nicole Kidman's great. Nicole Kidman was yeah, amazing. It's hard. It was a tough amazing. one. At she was first so I good. was mad too, but not anymore. I was mad too, but then Nicole Kidman was so good. Well, we have a great show. A very gay show. I hope yes. you're okay with that. Uh, right now, though, it's time for news on the beat. What do you have? All right. Well, California Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill into law making the state of a refuge for transgender kids and their families who travel there to receive the gender-affirming care they've been banned from accessing in their home states. The new law, which will go into effect on January 1st next year, takes direct aim at Alabama and Texas for those two states' efforts to criminalize parents who allow their transgender children to receive hormone therapy and other types of gender-affirming treatments. The new law will prohibit California law enforcement from cooperating with any out-of-state individuals or agencies regarding any legal gender-affirming care performed in California, as well as ban any compliance with an out-of-state subpoena related to such matters. All right, in other news, a federal court of appeals has ruled yet again that former Rowan County, Kentucky clerk Kim Davis, who refused to provide marriage licenses to gay couples after marriage equality was legalized, does not have qualified immunity. Qualified immunity protects government officials from personal liability for violating someone's rights unless they are in violation of clearly established constitutional rights. As the Supreme Court case of Harlow versus Fitzgerald decided in 1982, Davis already lost her plea for qualified immunity in the case several years ago. The most recent opinion stated that because the plaintiffs proved that Davis violated their clearly established right to marry, the ruling that says she is not entitled to qualify immunity stands. Why is she still in the news? Girl, no one thinks about you. We don't care about your qualified immunity. We don't care that you said no to giving marriage licenses. Like, nobody thinks about you, babe. Do you think she cut her hair yet? I don't know, but it was hideous. It was horrendous. She could have, listen, she needed the gaze. She's a little body. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some depth to it. It's just no. It's just too much. Action. Highlights, maybe something. Any, literally anything. Anything. A gloss, <laughs> a conditioner. Uh, okay, let's get into weather. 53 in DC, 83 in Orlando, 77 in Seattle, 68 in San Francisco, 80 in LA, and 101 in Cathedral City. Now give us a vibe of the day. The power of imagination makes us infinite. Amen, sister. All right, coming up, why no homo is just a ridiculous phrase that needs to get canceled. We'll tell you why coming up. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. I remember growing up and hearing this phrase all the time, and many are finally calling for it to say, it's done. Yeah, done. It's time to cancel no homo. I can't tell you how many times I had straight buddies or met straight guys in college and beyond who would say things like, oh, you're so cool for a gay guy. Or you you, you act so straight. You don't act ghoul, or act like gay like a gay guy. No homo, but like you look good. Like your hair looks nice. No homo. And they follow it up by saying something like that. It's the most insecure phrase I've ever heard in my life. And I, I hate it. So weird. Straight guys are so weird. And it's not like a diss by any means. Like, I don't want anyone that's listening that's maybe a straight guy to not think that, like, you're not iconic because, like, fine, you are. 
but that's the dumbest thing. No homo. I've never even heard of that. No homo. Oh, you never heard that? No. Okay, honey. I don't know where you've been. I Not guess with the straight. Maybe it's a gay male thing because I don't think they would say it to a girl. Because, like, yeah. lesbians historically, like, you might not have always had a seat at the table when it comes to, like, the big stuff that matters, like, with, like, gay, like, guys. But at the same time, though, I feel like lesbians were a little bit more, like, not accepted. I won't say the word Well, accepted. I think lesbians just didn't care. Like, lesbians don't really like gay men. Well, it's think, kind of a thing. No, I think that's part of it. But I, I don't think, I don't think it's that, le- I don't know. I think that, like, men, straight men aren't grossed out by the idea of lesbians. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're very sexualized. In the way that a lot of people are grossed out by the idea of, like, gay men together. So I think they feel, they don't feel threatened by lesbians. I think they undermine women anyway. So why on earth would they expect, you know, not undermine a lesbian? Well, you know what happened, though? This is so crazy. So me and Lisa went to this bar when she came home Saturday night. And um, we were sitting at the bar enjoying ourselves. And... There was this woman there, and I wasn't really paying attention or listening. I was talking with Lisa, and they, like, kicked her husband out, I guess. Like, he was her husband, and he was drinking, but he wasn't really doing anything. But then she was sitting with this other guy, and it kind of seemed like she was, like, cheating. So I had already had, like, a beer. So I turned around, I was like, is that your husband? And she was like, um... Yeah, what's it to you? And I was like, oh, nothing. It just looks like you're cheating on him. Like, that's weird. Like, she was so disrespectful. And, you know, like, once I open my mouth, I can't help it. Like, I don't like when things are not right. And so she didn't say anything. So the guy came up to me and was like, hey, hey, like, hey, are we cool? And I was like, are you trying to bro out with me right now? Sit down. And he was like, oh, no, just to, like, pound it up. And Lisa was like, Okay, we're not the one. Like, go sit down. But he was trying to, like, make it seem like it was a, it was a very weird situation, to be honest. But we were like, okay, we're not friends, babe. Go sit down. You're annoying. But it was, like, very straight male culture. And I was like, I, I don't know what's happening here. They're different. They're so weird. Straight men are just different. And it's funny because we meant, we noticed this somewhere the other day. I forget where we were, but we were like, oh, we haven't really been around a ton of straight people. And it's a different environment. Like they just move differently, especially if you get out of like West Hollywood, because at least in West Hollywood, even the straight guys there oftentimes can be like, cool, they're allies. Yeah, they're, they're fabulous. Like, they, they know exactly where they are. Yes, I go to a gym that's lesbian owned and a lot of the straight guys, all the straight guys that are there are like the coolest guys in the world. Like you, they don't, there's not a judgment anywhere. Um, but no homo is, is very much a part of a lot of straight guys vernacular. It actually um, was created. The term was created. I didn't realize this. I did know that it was in the song. 2009, Kanye West, he did a, um, he dropped a line and he said no homo in it. And it was on one of Jay-Z's songs. Oh, wow. And, yeah, Run This Town. And this is the same Kanye West who years prior was saying how the hip-hop community is so bad towards gays. And then fast forward a few years, he says a line and then follows it up by saying no homo. Yeah, like it's just unnecessary. If you're not gay, then just you're not gay. Yeah, we don't need you to be. That's the thing. But also you can compliment somebody and not be a homosexual but the fact that you have to say that so okay so makes it one of the guys at my gym that i just mentioned he i hadn't seen him for a few weeks and i know he and i got back into working out a few months ago at the same time and i saw him this weekend we worked out together and i said you look great he's like really i'm like yeah no you look really toned you look like you've slimmed down you're you look like you're in great shape 
He's like, thanks, man. I appreciate that. He's like, I don't, I don't, I can't tell because I see myself every day. Right. He's like, so I, that really means a lot to me. Completely straight. The guy's married. Right. And, but that's how it could. But should, somebody who's secure with their sexuality uh, doesn't need to say anything at all. Like <clears throat> you never need to be like, oh, but I'm not gay. Because there are a lot of straight guys. If I'd given that compliment to, they would have had to make a comment about it, about being, because they'd be embarrassed. I'd be like, you look great. They'd be like, dude, stop checking me out. Or they would make some sort of insecure retort. Comfortable guys don't. That's so weird. Yeah, no homo. I feel like I just don't understand straight men at all. Yeah. But we, that's yeah, okay. We don't want you. It's okay. You don't need to be homo or, or even say it. We don't, or it's fine. Yeah, babe. Just, it's okay. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Listen, I think it's so fantastic whenever we see examples of great parenting out into the world, especially when parents now have so much on their plates. Oh my god! So hard to raise kids, Poor and then parents. you're sending them off to school, and you're and you're and school's like a literal and social war zone, right? Kids have yeah. to worry about their lives physically because of gun violence. But now they also have to worry about you know different arguments going on between the adults and the administrators over who can say gay, who can't say gay, what you're allowed to say, what you're allowed to read. It's a lot, which is why I think this guy is sort of standing out. He's cracking up the internet. Uh, with the best response to a child being taught homophobia. Uh, so Robbie Pierce, who's the husband of advocate editorial director Neil Broverman, so he's in the family, um, has the internet cracking up with his epic response. Uh, here's the quote. A random unattended seven-year-old at the park told me and my son that gay people are the devil and are going to hell. My son scoffed, but the boy said it was true because God said so. Mm. I told him parents made up God to make their kids do what they want. His eyes got so big. Okay. He goes, <laughs> he says, I'm sorry, but if you teach your kids to hate, I'm going to teach them to disobey you. So I love it. He put the thought in the kid's head, said, guess what? God's not real, honey. Your parents made him up so you wouldn't be a little a-hole. Have a good day. And just destroyed that poor little kid. I love it. it but you know what? Like, listen, if we, I feel like... Parents are more concerned with having the conversation about when or not to tell kids about Santa Claus than they are about teaching them not to be sexist or homophobic or racist or whatever the case may be. Like, we got to start having these conversations. Like, good parents, I think, do. I think a lot of parents just think it's absurd to even have these conversations with kids. Yeah. All the while teaching them to hate this, that, and whatever. Yeah, I mean, look, it's crazy. I always have had this argument with religion. Um, you know, we're watching, I keep talking about it because it's still really very much happening. The story of Masa Amini and the women in Iran are literally being murdered because of religion, because of mm -hmm. God, because of, um, you know, these teachings that people have had for so long. They're forced to cover themselves in hijabs. They're forced to, uh, you know, do things uh, that maybe they don't want to do. And I just, I think religion is so funny to me because it really is like poof, made up, and then we're just expected to all go for it. Um, yeah. And and we're crucified. A thousand percent. For anything that it doesn't say in this so-called Bible. Yep. And that and that's the hard part because, listen, like my mom struggles when I say this. My mom has also been varying degrees of, you know, in and out of religion her entire life. She likes how she feels when she goes to church, I think, because there's there are kind people there. Yeah, she of likes course. her pastor and it makes her feel like she's closer to God, which is great, right? 
But then on the flip side of that, I have a sister who we just have, have no relationship anymore. None. Because all of a sudden, like, she hits 30 years old and she just thinks the gays are all going to go to hell. Well, and they and want like, us to be realistic. Yeah. But, like, also, babe, like, aliens exist. Yeah. If you look very far back and you really educate yourself, yeah, like, if, if you can believe, did God just whip up the world? Yep. Like, let's if, really look at it logistically. If you can believe that Donald Trump is really JFK Jr. and he's been alive all this time and now he's come back and he's the president of the United States and he's the leader of QAnon and everything else, you could also believe that, like, gays exist and we're okay. Like, we're not, we don't have horns, we're not all going to hell, but you might be. It's funny. This is the same couple, though, you know, that remember we did that story about the couple on the Amtrak train and people tried to take their kids and called them pedophiles. And they oh, said yeah. They stole their children. Yes. They said you steal black and Asian kids. That's what they were saying to them. That's this family. Again. Yeah. So, well, I just love that this is the comeback. And honestly, if you don't like somebody speaking to your child like that. You better watch what your child says because people are over it. They're tired. Mm-hmm. And if a seven-year-old is bullying my niece, you better believe I'm going to bully back. I'm not. If you're not going to teach your kids, we will. Yeah. But I would fight a seven-year-old for I'm not going to groom them, but I'm going to give them the truth. Give them the truth. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. You know fall is officially here when SNL is back. Oh, yes. Love me some SNL. They're going through a lot of changes right now. Kate McKinnon and others all left after last season. Um, Interesting to see what they're going to do this year, but their premiere was this weekend. Miles Teller was the host. And one iconic skit stood out. Michaela, it's what's uh, poppin'. What do you have for us? Okay, well, I actually am obsessed with Chloe Fineman. Um, she's kind of a newcomer. I think she's yeah. only been there two seasons. I think a couple. Yeah, because she did the, the one last year we covered, Inventing Anna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's that really funny. So great. Um, I will say, on a personal level, that when she made it onto SNL, um, months prior, she had lost her best friend. Mm. And it was a very dark time for her. She talks about it on her social media. Um, and they both wanted to be on SNL. Mm. And when she made it on SNL, she goes, look, I, I did it. Like, to her best friend that passed away. And it was so sweet. It made her so vulnerable. So I just am always rooting for her anyway because I, I just think it's so sweet. But she's hilarious. So funny. And she nailed her impression of Nicole Kidman in a hilarious spoof of the theater chain's now legendary commercial. Take a listen. We come to AMC theaters to laugh to cry. Oh, God, no. To care. Oh. Because we need that, all of us. That indescribable feeling we get when the lights begin to dim. <laughs> oh, I can't describe it. And we go places we've never been before. I just Not okay. just into Her accent is amazing! It's so good. It goes on and on. It's a long bit. Well, the commercial's a long the bit. The real long. one. I will say this. Every single time... I know you're not a huge moviegoer, Michaela, but I go to AMC a lot. I'm actually an AMC like A-lister, so I get I prepay for as many movies as I want to see every single month. It doesn't really work out when I average it out. I'm spending like forty bucks a movie, but that's neither here nor there. I want to help the box office come back. And for the last two years, every single time I've seen a movie at AMC, when the Nicole Kidman bit comes on, everybody cheers. I saw Bros yesterday. Nobody cheered for a single trailer, and then when that happened, people were standing up and screaming and yelling and cheering. I love it. It becomes like a, it's like a thing. But Nicole Kidman is so dramatic, and it appears so dramatic yes. that it's like borderline cheesy and iconic. That, yes, that's exactly what it is. And mm-hmm. um, 
It's just fabulous. I, I'm a big fan of Nicole Kidman. She's I just... loved her in Practical Magic mm-hmm. with Sandra Bullock, if you've not a, seen it. Remember a few years ago when she clapped at like the Oscars and her fingers were weird? Like and, a seal? Curved, and the fingers curved outward? I mean, she's just, there's so many things. There's so many things. She's married to Keith Urban, which is so interesting. Right. She's married to Tom Cruise, also weird. She played Satine. In Moulin Rouge, mm. one of my favorite yeah, characters she's kind of, of all a time. Bomb. We love she's, her. She's, she's, a, she's, a, she's, a, she's a she's a bop. She's a vibe. She's a vibe. But <laughs> Chloe Fineman did her so well. Uh, congratulations to SNL. They're back. Um, and congratulations to Chloe, the little funny girl. She's so good. All right, coming up in the next hour, we are talking about Money Monday. We tend to underestimate our future expenses. So here's one way to prevent that. We'll talk about it. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. I can't get over that song. I said, does that have a little bit of a Latin feel to it? And our producer, who is actually Latin Colombian, she's like, no, I don't think so. And uh-huh. I said, okay, fair enough. I hear you. Hear that. Nothing there. Nothing. Just nothing. I want to dance to it, though. I know that much. And what? Latin music usually makes me want to dance. Yeah. That's usually what makes me feel dance like. Music. It makes me feel like all of a sudden my hips start to twist and I feel like I can do things. Mm. I'm not really the best dancer, but I'm not really the worst. Yeah, and okay. That's You're right that, in the middle. That's all that matters. Lisa and I, one time when we very first started dating, um, we went to Mexico for a gig mm-hmm. and they were teaching people how to dance. And she was like, come on, let's go learn how to dance. And I was like, okay. So we learned how to waltz. A waltz? You learned a waltz? Yeah. (laughs) And we learned how to do it. And it was so, like, random and so cute. But she was like, when we learned, she was like, now, see, we'll always remember this. This will be, like, a memory for us. And then, like, seven years later, uh, it was just such a cute moment. Was this, like, poolside at, like, an all-inclusive resort? They were doing, like, a class or something? Yeah, yeah. Like, Mm. you could just go into the class. It started, and there was a few couples there. And they, like, taught you how to get down. Don't well, mind me, I'm trying to get a seed out of my teeth right now. I ate my morning granola with my yogurt, and now there's a seed. Yeah. 
Good for you. I think it's flaxseed, so it's probably healthy. So I'll just go ahead and leave it in my gums. Yeah, let it just get dissolve. It. I'll get to it eventually. I'll get to it when I get to it. Great. <laughs> we have a great hour coming up for you. Uh, we've got Money Mondays today. Uh, and we we tend to, I think, underestimate our future expenses. And we want to prevent that. We want to like plan for our future the best way we can. So we've actually got a, a professor um, who's joining us from Texas A&M University talk about planning for the future especially as things are getting how do you plan first and foremost nobody could plan for a pandemic and then a recession and then whatever else is happening right now um but he's got some tips and tricks for you if you want to keep your money matters right definitely do that and also do you like to spend your money on others right this is really interesting a new poll just came out that reveals that maybe americans aren't as selfish as we thought Possibly. Or maybe we are. Maybe that's what the results are. Yeah. Who knows? But you know how during the holidays it always feels kind of good to give people things? I love it. It feels good to share with others. Um, and and I think this time of year is like when that starts to ramp up. Yeah. We're starting to feel like cozy again. We're starting I to love light, it. Light candles and well, be a little more kind to one another. Lisa also came home this weekend and she was like, oh, it's like a little bit chilly. Mm-hmm. And I was like... I know. One tiny, tiny little blow of wind. We're like, it's fall season. Our, oh, my yeah. God. It's gorgeous out. Our air conditioner's still on. We're like, let's wear sweaters. So, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's that weird transitional time in L.A. where it's not really fall, but it's not We're 98 trying to get there. anymore, which is nice. Remember how hot it was a few weeks ago? It was miserable. Oh, my God. It was so hot. And I had no energy to do anything. I know. But it was when awful. It's, when it's like this, I'm like, okay, I'll go exercise. I'll take my dog on a yeah, walk. Yeah, it's just so cozy. Mm-hmm. I even stopped this morning. I never stop at Starbucks on the way to work. And I was on my way to work, and I was like, oh, it's fall. Maybe I'll just go Which get a little one do pumpkin you go latte. To? Which one's open right now? Melrose. Mm. And there were a lot of people in there. I also don't usually go because, you know, I'm a scaredy cat in the morning. But there were so many people already inside working. There's that cute drive sitting outside. one. Do you know what I'm talking Yeah, that one's really cute, too. gas station. Yeah. It's always busy. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, but people are getting into fall. Listen, we're falling into it. We're falling into it. Falling into the trap. Right now, let's uh, fall into some news on the beat, shall we? All right, baby. Well, there's a lot going on. Um... Out Congressman Mark Pokin has introduced two bills to establish an LGBTQ history museum in Washington, D.C. The announcement comes as LGBTQ History Month begins. As our community faces unprecedented attacks and attempts to erase our history, we must preserve and protect our stories for future generations. It is vital to remember our collective past, particularly when certain states seek to constrain and repeal existing rights by passing bills that harm LGBTQ plus youth and our community at large. Let's tell these stories and honor the many contributions the LGBTQ community has made to this nation with the museum in Washington, D.C. I look forward to the passage of this legislation and to visiting this museum in the near future. I live for it. An LGBTQ museum is sort of like the central theme, a storyline of bros. Oh, I love it. Yeah, Billy Eichner's character is like opening the museum, and so that's kind of how, that's how all of like the LGBTQ plus superheroes kind of unite. Very diverse cast. I really, 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 really recommend it. I love it. T.S. Madison's great, by the way. T.S. So Madison's funny. great. So funny. All right, another news: New York City 
Uh, New York City's eviction court, the venue of a landmark same-sex relationship decision long before Obergefell versus Hodges, is now the source of a legal opinion that comes down clearly on the side of polyamorous unions. The decision came in the case of West 49th Street, uh, decided by New York Civil Court Judge Karen May Bakdayan concluded the polyamorous relationships are entitled to the same sort of legal protection given to two-person relationships. The case revolves around three individuals. Scott Anderson and Marcus O'Neill lived together in a New York City apartment. Anderson held the lease but was married to another man, Robert Romano, who lived at another address. After Anderson died, the building's owner contended O'Neill had no right to renew the lease since he was just a roommate of Anderson's and not a non-traditional family member. So uh, their rights will now be protected. It's interesting. It's really fascinating. Who's to say what what type of relationship is right and what type of relationship is wrong? If it's if it's consensual and kind and there's love involved, or even if not, it's just a contract. Well, that's you know, also okay too. It's super interesting because yesterday, um, Lisa had to go home to deal with like some really serious business matters, but she um, put my name on everything that mm-hmm. she like owns her family owns big mistake it was a big oh i was sobbing i literally could not stop crying and i was like you didn't have to do that and she's like well of course i do like if anything happens to me i would never want you to not be taken care of and um you know she had to tell her mom and her sister that and they agreed that that you know of course (laughs) but it's just like I, it's got to be so devastating losing your partner and then to lose your partner and not be able to have any of the things that you shared or any part of that life like that's going to be really tough so I think it's great that their their rights are protected well also you think about it nowadays couple. it takes about three people's incomes to get a house oh my god I know so maybe we're all going to be in throuples in the next decade or so hello just trying to find homes just trying to find homes uh, alright well coming up oh you want to give us a vibe of the day I can give you a vibe of the day but I have something really exciting to tell you about too Channel Q has your chance to see Ed Sheeran at LA SoFi Stadium on his upcoming mathematics tour. Tickets go on sale October 14th at 10 a.m. Or you can enter to win a pair of tickets from Channel Q. Just head over to wearechannelq.com. Also, uh, keep it tuned to the Morning Beat where we'll have your chance to win a pair of tickets uh, this Friday. I believe we're going to do these. Are we doing the giveaway on Friday, Vanessa? Is that correct? Am I reading that right? Ed Sheeran's so talented. So talented. So get into it. Also a big Game of Thrones fan. Didn't know that, did you? Probably did. Here's a vibe for you. The power of imagination makes us infinite. Ooh, I love it. Yes, it does. All right, coming up, it's Money Mondays. We tend to underestimate our future expenses, but there's ways to prevent that, and we'll talk about it in seven minutes. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Money makes Go around, go around, that's right. It's time for another round of Money Mondays. Money does make the world go round. But how do you plan financially when the world is so off kilter? It feels yeah. like everything these last few years has been so unexpected. How could you ever plan for these sorts of things, right? Global pandemics and and we're facing a recession possibly. There's a lot going on. But we want to keep uh, your bank account nice and secure. We want to help you plan for your future. And here to help us do that today is Chuck Howard, an assistant professor in the Mays Business School at Texas A&M University. Uh, Chuck, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing really well, AJ. Thank you for having me on. Um, so, you know, finances, especially as members of the queer community, something we don't talk about a ton necessarily. In the best of times, it can be difficult to save up for your future. But how 
how do people wrap their brains around even saving and planning for the future when the future seems so uncertain? Yeah, so, I mean, the honest truth is that most people don't spend a lot of time planning and saving for the future. And right now, it's harder than ever, obviously, coming off the heels of the pandemic and potentially heading into a recession. It can be really tough to think about all of the ways in which the future can be different from the present, which makes these big choices we have to make about our money even harder than they usually are. So, Chuck, what are some of the, like, top three things that you suggest getting right into it that can really help people uh, and their future expenses. So if you want to have an accurate understanding of how much money you're going to spend in the future, we have found that the best way to do that is simply take some time. doesn't have to be a lot of time, but just a minute or two to think about all of the reasons your expenses in the future might be different from what they are now. Because when you ask people how much money are you going to spend in the future, they're typically thinking about things like groceries, right? Highly typical or normal expenses that happen week over week. What they'll fail to think about are all of the weird expenses that can pop up on a whim. And although those weird expenses, say a car repair, for example, aren't likely to happen in two weeks in a row or even two months in a row, there's always some kind of weird expense. So if you take just a minute to think about what those expenses could be, it turns out you can make a much more accurate forecast of how much money you're going to spend in the future. Okay, so you've taken the moment, you've thought about the expenses. Like, I think it's easy for people to be like, okay, I got a dog, so now that expense is going to go up. That's those are that's one of those things where you can plan for that. But you're saying the things that maybe you don't think about, the unexpected car payment coming or the car uh, fix coming up, or maybe you need to get something repaired on your home or you know, whatever it may be. You're saying just take a couple of minutes and think about that. So let's say we've thought about it. And now what do we do? Like if we think, okay, next month might be a little bit rough or the next six months might be rough, how do you advise that people start putting a little extra money aside? Right. So once you know or you know have an accurate sense of how much money you're going to spend in the future, you just simply have to adjust your spending today in the present. So if I know that, for example, I have a home repair coming up and that's going to cost me more than it usually would, I have to cut back on something in the meantime, otherwise I'll be dipping into my savings or in an even worse case, going into, let's say, credit card debt to cover that expense down the road. So it really just comes down to balancing out over time. If I know I'm going to spend more money next month, I'm going to have to cut back and spend a little bit less today. Yeah. That's great. The balance is really important. I think for some people, maybe you'll have a suggestion for this as well. A lot of people lost so much money in the pandemic due to loss of work. Um, So what do you do when you're really, really scrambling? You're doing your best to save up, but it just appears that you're still spending more than you're making due to difficult (laughs) things that happen in life. For sure. And I mean, that is the hardest case scenario to plan out, right? If you lose your job or have some, you know, large financial shock to your life, what do you do? How do you overcome that? Um, And I think that a pretty solid piece of advice there is to just really take a hard look at the expenses that you're incurring on a daily or weekly or monthly basis. So do you need to have a subscription to 10 different streaming apps? Okay. Do you, (laughs) as an example, that's near and dear to my own heart. (laughs) I'm that guy. But, you know, if I lost my job tomorrow, that would probably be the first thing cut from my budget. So it really is just about taking a hard look at your outflows, deciding where you can cut back. You can make hard choices about, for example, moving in with a roommate if you're currently living alone Mm. and things like that that can help you cut back on your recurring 
expenses that come up regularly. I love that you bring up the the subscriptions because we, my husband and I, have every single streaming service there is. Right? We mm-hmm. might watch Peacock once a month, but we have the streaming <laughs> service. And so, is that like one of the more like when we talk about blind spots? You know, is there is there a blind spot that a lot of people have that they don't even think like, oh, this is really. I would guess it would be maybe streaming. I would guess maybe it'd be like people's coffee addictions. But like, is, is that accurate? Yep. It's anything that is habitual and that you have just stopped thinking about. So you had to spend a moment thinking about downloading a streaming service when you initially decided to get it. But for most of us, beyond that, it becomes a habit. And then within the, I don't know how many streaming services we have, but let's say it's 10 we might go to two or three on a very regular basis, and we really only go beyond that when we can't find anything to watch on those first two or three. So do we really need to be having those streaming services? Honestly, probably not, but it's become a habit. It's become something that we don't think about. The payment is automatic, so we don't experience that pain of paying when we you know, actually pay for it. It just comes right off of our credit card on the first of the month. Well, I'll tell you, mm-hmm. Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus have a really great bundle. So if you're go- if you're going to stream, <laughs> bundle your streams. Thank you so much for stopping Thank by. You we so pre- much, Chuck. appreciate the advice. It was my pleasure. Thank you all for having me, and have a great day. Also, did Google you? Is your hair red? Is this the right photo of you? Yeah, my hair is red. Yes, ginger. We have identical twins who are about 10 months old now, so I think my hair is going gray, but it was once upon a time. (laughs) Welcome to the club. I love it, though. A good, vibrant red. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. According to a new poll, one thing that has not really changed since the pandemic began is that about half of Americans, this is according to 2,000 adults studied, half of Americans, 45%, uh, to 46% say that they enjoy spending money on others. They enjoy that actually more so than spending money on themselves. Um, About the same number of people also enjoy spending free time and having that to spend with friends and family as opposed to just working, working, working to make more money. Oh, yeah. So it turns out that we actually are kind of generous and we all, I think, kind of know that it's a matter of living in that and making the choice to be generous on a daily basis that is tricky for some people. But we're still just as generous as we were three years ago. Yeah, I think so, 100%. I mean, we had an amazing Friday night where we got to spend real quality time doing something new. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that that's just such an important part of life. It's such a... Um, a friendship builder, it's a relationship builder. And I think that also, like, it'd be kind of weird if people didn't enjoy spending money on other people. Yeah. Well, if you're just now joining us, she's talking about Friday night, we made pasta from scratch. The best. We had, we had I turned um, my apartment into Vivian's Italian Ristorante. It was so cute. I made a sign for the door. My husband turned the, turned the lights, uh, the color of the Italian flag, green, white, red, not red, red, white, green. Exactly. As you know. Um, and we made pasta with my KitchenAid stand mixer from scratch. And so the funny thing is, this really ties into, I'm glad you brought that up. It ties into the story because you and I created like a core memory, right? It's like one of those things was like a great, perfect night. <clears throat> that was possible because my sister, Chris, bought me the pasta maker yes. attachment. Like a, two years ago, like a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. And I've never used it because I was so intimidated by it. 
and I needed like I needed somebody to help me with it. And I was like, who better than my Italian best friend to teach me how to make pasta? Right. And you're like, you're also learning with me, but you had the base of like making pasta with your papa and, or your grandpa. And like you had some of those memories. So you had a better idea of how to do it than I did. I had no clue. Yeah. But then it goes back to this as as well. I would not have known how to do that if my papa didn't take the time mm-hmm. to teach me growing up and give me the patience of getting my stool and letting me cut it myself. Sure. Like, I, it's true. I feel like those memories are so fun. And there was a moment where you're like, let's just get the regular spaghetti. And we're like, no, we got to power through this and we got to learn how to do it. it and listen, it made it so much more rewarding. Vanessa, our, our, our dough was a little lumpy at first and we were concerned that it was all going to fall apart and I did not think it was going to work out and I wanted to quit and just get spaghetti out of the like out of a box she would not let me but I we only got to do that because my sister bought me that gift the reason my sister probably bought me that gift to be honest was because not long before that I bought her a nice gift an espresso machine Mm. because I love it I also bought you one yeah and I love it I bought them for everybody last year it was like this cool fancy gift that everybody would like not buy for themselves wasn't super expensive, but it wasn't cheap either. And it's one of those things is it just costs just enough money that people feel weird about spending it on themselves. So I bought a few for the people I care about. And then she got me that in return. Yeah. Because my sister, I, that pasta attachment's like 100 bucks, 200 bucks. It's like expensive. It's not, but it was not so cheap. great. And it's gorgeous. And now I know how to do it. It's all I can think about. I want to make pasta now. Yeah. I want to make, make like spinach pasta. I want to oh. make like flavored pastas now. Yeah, like roasted roasted tomato pasta or something. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn into like spinach quite the chef boy. Pasta. Yes, but because I was kind. Is that pasta with spinach in it or spinach I, noodles? I think it's spinach. It's mixed in with it, so it's like green pasta. Is are we still using regular noodles, or you're moving to spinach noodles? I, I don't know. Maybe both. No, but you add the you add spinach to the dough. So it's still a doughy okay, pasta. Okay, good. Very yeah, good. Very yeah. good. Because I was about to say. Yeah, no, that's just too weird. We're not doing spinach noodles, babe. Nope. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more. Go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. On the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. B. Channel Q. It's time for another round of What's Poppin'. Michaela, what do you have for us? All right. Well, people are talking about all the movies they saw this weekend. You saw Bros. A lot of people are still in the Jeffrey Dahmer series. But one movie in particular that's getting slammed is Blonde, which is the biography of Marilyn Monroe. Um, And celebrities are livid. I'm actually not going to be watching it either. So many of my girlfriends were dragging it, uh, but one woman in particular, Emily Radichkowski, uh, is slamming blonde for fetishizing female pain. She said, I'm peed off. She said, I'm not surprised to hear that it's another movie fetishizing female pain, even in death. Um, she said, as women, I mean, I can say for myself for sure that I've learned how to fetishize my own pain and my own hurt in my life. 
She also thinks it's very weird that we as a society are obsessed with dead girls and serial killers. Um, and I agree. Courtney Stodden, also 28 years old, is back in the news. She says, I will not be watching as somebody who understands what it feels like to be exploited in a sexual way. And then if people turn you into a joke when you are not a joke, I think diving into that is a little disrespectful. Um, I mean, just so many women are have a huge issue with this. And um, I agree. And I, I just think that the... The story of Marilyn Monroe was actually so sad. And I think that Kim Kardashian has been wanting to sort of model Marilyn Monroe uh, in this season of her life. She wore her gown. And even with her new Dolce & Gabbana ad, it was very very Marilyn Monroe-esque. But Marilyn did not have an easy life. Um, And it's, uh, I, I just agree. I'm happy that women are speaking out about it, though. Yeah, I feel like the only thing we want about Marilyn Monroe right now is Bombshell, the Broadway musical, oh. based off of the the in-show show from Smash, which ran on NBC for two seasons and was iconic, because the way they handled Marilyn Monroe's, Monroe's story had so much heart, and it was so just revealed her like inner turmoil and her struggle, but also like just her kindness and her willingness to like perform for others. Um, that's the story I want to see. I don't want to see some like torture porn about. Marilyn Monroe. Like, I don't want to see them, like, further victimize her. She's been victimized long enough. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I I agree with you. I also think that there was so much work. You have to be a really brilliant woman to be Marilyn Monroe, if you think about it. Especially during her time. A thousand percent. Which is why I think, I, and I know this is so, it's controversial, but so is Marilyn Monroe. I think that's why people have such polarizing opinions about Kim Kardashian. Because she kind of is the closest thing to a Marilyn Monroe we have right now. Anna Nicole Smith was kind of trying to be that for a while back I in the day. I loved Smith. her, and that ended tragically. But, Anna, but Anna, 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 Kim Kardashian, Anna if you Nicole. think about like a woman who's really like shocked pop culture for a while, the way that Marilyn Monroe did, it's kind of Kim Kardashian. Yeah, it is, and she's brilliant. I mm-hmm. mean, these women are really, really smart. Show that they're educated and not just... Ugh. The objects of men's Sexual, desires. Yeah. That's it. So annoying. Yep. Um, all right. Coming up in the next hour, uh, I'm very excited about this guest. Was Hollywood Mayor uh, Seppi Shine is joining us to talk about what is happening in Iran for LGBTQ women, what we need to know, and what we can do. Coming up. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. Got a big hour here on the Morning Beat coming up. We've got the uh, West Hollywood Mayor Pro Tempore, uh, Seppi Shine, joining us to talk about, uh, you know, what it, partially what you experienced the other night during your march for Iranian women's rights. Um, she also has thoughts on what is happening in Iran right now. And I know you want to have a conversation with her. She's very progressive, uh, very, very, very smart smart human being. Yeah, I just feel like people are not having these conversations. I don't know what is going on with the media, but um, breaking news is that they are now, the uh, Islamic regime is going to the best university in Iran and going door to door and killing these students. And it's devastating. Imagine if that happened here in the U.S. They just went to Harvard and started killing students. We would never let that happen. Um, And, you know, you can say, well, it's been going on for years. One, that doesn't make it okay. Two, I think that they're really, really not backing down. 
Uh, we're watching these women fight to the death. We're watching LGBTQ people fight to the death, literally. And so I, I feel really excited to just have this platform and be able to have the conversation that's so needed. Yeah, they don't want women to be intelligent. No. Because that's the thing. That, that, but that's, they are. It's education that always takes down these sort of dictatorships. Always. It's education. Yeah. And oftentimes it's the women who start this. Um, the, the good thing is the younger generation of men in Iran are supportive. And that has never been yeah. the case. That's never really been the case. So so I think they do have a really good shot here of, you know, overthrowing the system that has, you know, been crippling their entire country for the last, what, 43 years, I think you said the other day. Yeah. It's been going on. Uh, pretty heartbreaking stuff taking place in Iran. So we're going to be talking about it this hour. Also, um, what are the rudest things you could do? We want to lighten it up a little bit. What are the rudest things you can do at a grocery store? I've got a story about a grocery store yesterday. Oh, my God. Situation that warmed my heart and had me cracking up hysterically. Also, uh, Drew Barrymore. She's talking about Charlie's Angels 3. Is it even a possibility? Oh, my God. I would love that. You know, this weekend. Let's make it. I saw the cast of American Pie reunite together, and they're actually filming a new American Pie film, and the whole cast came back. It was the first time it seemed wow. like almost every single one of them together, because uh, a lot of them didn't do some of the sequels, and I love the American Pie franchise. I think it's hilarious. I kind of grew up with it. Uh, very cis, very white, but also... Very funny and very relatable to my experience, you know, growing up in high school and college. I did not see Jennifer Coolidge in the photo, though, so I wonder if she's... Where's a, Jennifer Coolidge? She, she was the original MILF, um, Stifler's she mom. She was the original MILF. She was the original MILF. MILF. So excited to see if she, she comes back. She started it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God, we love Jennifer Coolidge. Absolutely, we do. So we have a great hour coming up for you here on The Morning Beat. Right. Currently, though, it's time for some news on The Beat with Michaela Gordon. Okay, babe. Well, a federal court of appeals has ruled yet again that former Rowan County Kentucky clerk Kim Davis who refused to provide marriage licenses to gay couples after marriage equality was legalized does not have qualified immunity. Qualified immunity protects government officials from personal liability for violating someone's rights unless they are in violation of clearly established constitutional rights as the Supreme Court case of Harlow v. Fitzgerald decided in 1982. Davis already lost her plea for qualified immunity in the case several years ago. The most recent opinion stated that because the plaintiffs proved that Davis violated their clearly established right to marry, the ruling that says she is not entitled to qualified immunity stands. All right, in other news, California Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill into law making the state a refuge for transgender kids and their families who travel there to receive the gender-affirming care they banned from accessing in their home states. The new law, which will go into effect on January 1st next year, takes direct aim at Alabama and Texas for those two states' efforts to criminalize parents who allow their transgender children to receive hormone therapy and other types of gender-affirming treatments. The new law will prohibit California law enforcement from cooperating with any out-of-state individuals or agencies regarding any legal gender-affirming care performed in California, as well as ban any compliance with an out-of-state subpoena related to such matters. All right, let's get into a little bit of, uh, we can do one more story. Uh, New York City's eviction court, the venue of a landmark same-sex relationship decision long before Obergefell versus Hodges is now the source of a legal opinion that comes down clearly on the side of polyamorous unions. The decision came in the case of West 49th Street LLC versus O'Neill decided by New York Civil Court Judge Karen Maybach Dayen. 
concluded that polyamorous relationships are entitled to the same-sex sort of legal protection given to two-person relationships. The case revolves around three individuals, Scott Anderson, Marcus O'Neill, who lived together in a New York City apartment. Anderson held the lease but was married to another man, Robert Romano, who lived at another address. After Anderson died, the building's owner contended O'Neill had no right to renew the lease since he was just a roommate of Anderson's and not a non-traditional family member. Good for you, Polly. Absolutely. Polly, uh, there are some really funny polyamorous jokes in Bros, the movie that I keep telling you to go see. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a polyamorous couple, but then there's also like, they do some like, uh, they spoof there. It's like this network that's basically like Hallmark. They spoof during how cheesy they are. And one of them is talking about polyamorous relationships at Christmas time. It's so funny. That's so funny. I can't wait to see it. It's your kind of humor. Like it's a dumb, stupid humor, but smart. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Do you know I, I mean? love like it. elevated, but like dumb. Yeah. So good. You know, I love that. All right, let's get into weather. A high of 56 in Boston today, 57 in New York, 85 in Miami, 93 in Vegas, 80 in LA, and 101 in Palm Springs. Now, give us a vibe of the day. Yeah, I felt like I had to explain when you say something like, it's like your type of humor. It's totally dumb. <laughs> like, if that's the only thing yeah. you say, I had to explain it a bit. Yes. Um, here's your vibe. The power of imagination of imagination <laughs> makes us infinite use yeah. that imagination i've been reading thrillers i read it i started another one this weekend i kind of love it i feel like i'm becoming a serial killer inside secretly but that's Exciting. neither here nor there well jeffrey Dahmer just made a whole career out of it so why don't you <laughs> the morning beat with aj and michaela channel q The situation in Iran is uh, more bleak than ever right now. And these last two weeks of protests, um, the citizens just taking up arms and fighting back and and cutting their hair and doing whatever they can to be seen and heard by the world has just been heartbreaking all over the death of um, Amani Amani Masid. Did I say her name wrong right now? No, Masa Amin. Masa Amin. Amin. I had a John Travolta moment right there because I'm so just like torn up by these articles I'm reading, these images I'm seeing. Michaela comes into work every single morning just heartbroken, right? And you were at uh, a rally in West Hollywood the other day, uh, which is how we got our next guest here on the show. You thought it was important to bring her in. I've been watching her social media. It's incredible. Uh, Seppi Shine is the uh, West Hollywood uh, City Mayor Pro Tem, and she's joining us right now. Seppi, thank you so much for joining us. Um, This conversation is important, and you're having it on your social media. You're having it in public. You're having it anywhere people will listen. Uh, Why? Tell our listeners why we need to be paying attention right now and not just paying attention, but supporting. Hi, um, thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, This is really important because it is a human rights issue. Mm. Uh, For 43 years, uh, the people of Iran have been under extreme oppression and women in 1979 during the revolution, I was two years old, by the way, at that time in Iran, um, lost their rights in an instant almost. And not just women, but men too, lost many rights. Uh, We um, were literally uh, taken over by a theocracy who has instilled um, religious religious, uh, laws that they've basically made up and uh, in the name of Islam, which is not um, not even uh, what Islam is supposed to be. So um, this is really important for the whole world to stand up for human rights. 
Um, it's important for every woman to stand up. The women in Iran, the young people in Iran are literally putting their bodies as shields. They're fighting with their lives with nothing but themselves to um, stop this regime. You know, it's so sad because we're talking about Sharif University, how these students are being murdered. Their teachers are standing in front of them. They, too, are being murdered. My biggest question is, and it's just shocking to me, that mainstream media is not posting about this. We haven't heard from Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. We haven't really seen so many people spreading this message. And I guess my question is why, if it is a human rights issue of There's been a lot of pain caused, I guess, in the Middle East. But this seems like an opportunity for everybody to really come together. And it seems as if they're not. You're absolutely right. It's disgusting that the media and the president and vice president are not speaking up. And they need to speak up because there are many, many Iranians that live in this country. And we have an election coming up and there will be consequences. Aside from that... They need, as Democrats, that as Democrats, we are the party for human rights. So they need to be leaders and speak up and speak up loudly on this. Um, Because the Iranian people, my family, my friends, um, everybody is watching and everybody's hurting because we Iranian Americans live in this country and expect our leaders to stand up and speak out. Just because I want to understand fully what the expectation is, like what as as Americans who are watching this unfold and, and they might feel like this is horrific and this is horrible what's happening to these people in Iran, is is the goal speaking out does what? Is the goal to get U.S. forces in Iran? Is the goal to, to aid? In, and if so, who exactly are we aiding? Are we asking the people of Iran to like take up arms and overthrow the government? Like what do you – as somebody who like has lived this experience your entire life, like what is the hope? Like what do you think can be accomplished? Well, the first thing um, that uh, we want people to do is, if you have an Iranian friend, call them and ask us how we are doing. Mm. It is a very traumatic time right now for every single one of us, especially those of us who lived through the revolution and war. It is so traumatizing. Secondly. Um, share on social media about what's going on because the Iranian government has uh, quashed the Internet and they are murdering people left and right. So the more the news gets out, the more people will find out. And the ask is to share on social media. No, we do not want forces to go into Iran and uh, start a war that has never worked whenever America has done that, ever. Mm. Not a single time. It didn't work in Afghanistan. It was a complete disaster, as you see. We left them. The Taliban is back. Mm. It did not work in Iraq. Vietnam. Um, it's not going to work in Iran, <laughs> Vietnam, doesn't. anywhere. We, yep. don't need, we don't need America um, to come in and try to be a hero in that way. What we need is for our leaders to stand up, and people can call their representatives and ask that resolutions be made and that uh, we, I have a resolution on the West Hollywood City Council um, tonight condemning the acts of the Islamic regime. And we do want the people to overthrow the government. 
Absolutely. And they can do that if they continue protesting. And um, obviously, the federal government has a lot more information and means of what uh, possibly can be done short of war. Mm. And they need to put maximum pressure in whatever way is possible um, to help the Iranian people. You know, for perspective as well, Kim Kardashian and Kylie Jenner posted two posts about what is happening to the people in Iran. They have over 300 million followers and the way that that news was shared, I think that's the point. As many people can see this, the more the Islamic regime is held responsible, you can shut the internet off, but the people around the world are watching you. Well, we know what happened. holding you accountable. The Armenian genocide, 100 years old before most people here in the They're United States it didn't even, even, even now. knew about it. And, and, and we see what happens when we just allow things to go unchecked. You know, just yesterday, the Iranian parliament... Um, got together and their biggest concern was basically how to stop celebrities from posting about this how to squash it on social media their concern was not these students or these women um so they don't even care they clearly do not care about their own people right now um listen i am so sorry you're going through this i'm so sorry your people are going through this in 2022 it's just it just blows my mind sometimes that we're still here um, and and hopefully- the, the Islamic regime has never cared about its mm-hmm. people since it's been in power. Let's make that very clear. Mm-hmm. And the reason they're trying to quash celebrities is because every time something is shared, the the protesters and the people putting their life on the line get more hope and courage. Mm-hmm. That's why it's important for everybody to share because that courage is what's driving these the Iranian people to keep rising up. Every time they have risen up, and this is not the first time, but this is the most uh, impactful uprising that we have seen. Uh, the Iranian government has used these tactics of fear, oppression, killing to to stop people so that they are scared. Mm. And so the more we share, the more courage they will have. Um, Sebi, thank you so much, so much for joining us. We stand with you. We stand with the women in Iran. Thank you for all that you do for West Hollywood, for our community, our LGBTQ community, and joining us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. You too. The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Let's lighten things up a bit, shall we? Yes. Pretty heavy morning. Yes. Um, But one thing that never goes out of style, that never, me personally, I never get tired of, is kindness. Yeah. Like being respectful of people, right? Etiquette. Like decent, like, not. I'm not talking like don't put your elbows on the table during dinner etiquette. I don't care. But like kindness towards other human beings and during the pandemic many of us uh have sort of shifted the way that we do business uh and one of those things that we've shifted is the way that we get groceries i found myself using instacart more than i ever did before the pandemic i didn't even know what it was before the pandemic i use postmates and doordash and all these other ways of of getting things to me so i don't have to go to them but i am a traditionalist and i still just like i like love reading paper books not the the nooks or the kindles I like physically going to the store whenever I get a chance to. Yeah. I did it just yesterday. Yeah, I love it too. Right. But I think that some people have forgotten how to act in public because they've been inside for so long. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to be nice to each other anymore. Mm -hmm. And so let's just remind people when they're out at the grocery store, maybe at a shopping mall, the holidays are right around the corner, how to act like a human. Hello. Because there are some things that you're probably doing that are very rude, specifically at a grocery store. When somebody gets in that express lane... And they have a full cart of goods. I want to Oh, scream. yeah. It says 15 items or less, and they clearly have 40. 
It drives me crazy. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because I get excited. I'm like, I'm only picking up 12 or 13 things. I'm excited. That's an opportunity for me. Yeah. I get to go use that lane. I specifically didn't get, you know, those extra couple little snacks that I wanted because I wanted to use the express lane. I'm that guy. Yeah. I don't like when people are annoying with their carts. Like Rude. Yeah. They're yeah. just so rude and annoying. And they put their cart literally in the middle of the aisle. Mm-hmm. And you're like, girl, just move it to the side. Like, clearly, you know that we're all trying to get through. I think that it's such bad etiquette. I, it drives me crazy. It's kind of like people sometimes with strollers. If you're at like a mall or a, or, or a theme park. Yeah. And moms think that their kid in the stroller is like a way for them to just run into you and get you out of their way. I'm like, no, that's not what carts are for. That's not what your children are for. Stop doing it. Also, stay out of people's personal space. Remember, for the longest time, all the grocery stores had stickers on the ground said "stay six feet apart," and everybody waited and like nervously going to the grocery store for like a year or so was really kind of scary because that was like the only time a lot of us were really interacting with other humans. And this is before we had vaccines, uh, and people were scared. Um, but even so, still, don't creep up on people too much. Yeah, that's annoying. Also, this one's interesting, and I wonder if this has ever happened to you. They're saying, uh, don't take items from other people's carts. Well, obviously. Somebody tweeted that what? when they walked away from their cart, someone <laughs> took the hot sauce out of their shopping cart. No. <gasps> Could you imagine? That is so stupid. Who okay, would do that? But do you guys find yourself judging people? I literally did this yesterday. I literally had this conversation with myself. Do you find yourself judging people based on their groceries? A thousand percent. Okay, so this is this is okay. This is interesting. So this is this is a, a story of exactly that, and also how to be kind to other people. And actually, this is kind of shining on me. So sorry, I'm not trying to brag, but it's a good story. Just yesterday, it happened. I was at the grocery store, and an older gentleman in front of me. He's probably pushing eighty. Like he was an older guy, by himself, buying like some simple stuff, some pastries, um, some like chocolate milk. Like, not a, a couple cantaloupes. He was just buying himself some, like, basics. Right. A little snacky food, right? Probably doesn't eat a lot. When you get to that age, you eat like a bird, right? <laughs> and I put down the divider after his stuff to start putting my stuff down. And he picks it up and looks at me. He's like, what are you doing? You don't have to put that there. And I was like, uh. He's like, you put that after your stuff. That way you can buy my stuff. And I was oh, like, oh, he's being a funny guy. Because he kind of caught me off guard. He seemed like a really grumpy old man at first. And I was like, oh, oh. But then I was like, oh, he's funny. He's funny. So when he went to check out, I paid for his food, for Cute. his groceries. It was like 20, 30 bucks. It wasn't a lot, but it was like enough that he literally physically tried to push me back and told me, no, no, no. He was so, he's like, no, I wasn't making a joke to try to get you to buy my stuff. Oh, honey. He's like, I've been telling that joke for years. And I'm like, and I'm going to tell it for years now. I'm probably going to do that to people for the rest of my life. I thought it was Mm. funny. I appreciated it. And I'm like, let me please do this. I thought he was going to start to cry. I I think literally it might have been 30 bucks. And I thought he was going to cry. And then he shook my hand and stood there and talked to me for a while. Yeah. And he might not talk to people very often. Once you get to that age, it can be very isolating. It's very isolating. So, like, like it, show people some kindness because you never know what people are going through. Totally. Um, and, and also, while you're at it, um, show yourself some kindness. Buy yourself that Snickers bar next time. Romanticize don't, your life don't like judge our producer yourself. Vanessa Listen, says. They're delicious. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. One of my favorite film franchises of all time, Charlie's Angels. Yes. But I'm talking like Drew Barrymore. Yes. Lucy Liu. Yes. Cameron Diaz. 
Demi Moore. Remember when she was in it too? She was a villain. But she was still iconic. She was fierce. When she came out of that water, honey, and literally we did not know what we were getting. She was like ripped. She had like a few nips and tucks. It was the Ashton Kutcher era. You know that was 19 years ago? Oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? I Listen, I love that movie though and anytime I need like some female empowerment I watch it. Oh my god, I'm obsessed with those girls. Well, turns out there's a slight possibility we could get another one. Stop. What's popping? I need it. Okay, Drew Barrymore is saying she's super down for the third movie of Charlie's Angels to be in it. Take a listen. I would be surprised if any one of us ever decreed that we wouldn't be. Yeah. Also, don't you think you need a gay Bosley? Oh, my God. You would be the best Bosley ever. It's literally dream role. Dream role. You, Cameron, Lucy, like, that's it for me. That's Holy Trinity. I just, those (laughs) movies were everything to me. I would. I would yeah, in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, the just, answer is an emphatic yes. I will always say yes. Um, okay, first of all, I'm obsessed that she's talking to Benny Drama about this. Benito Skinner is one of my favorite influencers. So, so funny. And he would actually be the greatest Bosley. I could see this happening right now. Well, because they had uh, Bernie Mac, I think, in the first one. And then Bill Murray in the second one. Yeah. So the character can change. Totally. Or is that backwards? They get it wrong. Bill Murray first and then Bernie Mac. Yeah. But I think it would be amazing. But also, Bernie Mac's not with us anymore either. So there's an opening there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it changes every time. But I feel like this younger generation of women also need to see these movies again as a reminder that like you can kick major butt, you can cook everything, you can fix your own car, everything. All the things that these girls do. I'm obsessed with it. I love it. I hope this happens. I'll be very, very down for it. Also, and I love this too, these girls are like best friends in real life. Oftentimes you hear like how sex in the city, they like didn't really get along. These girls are really good friends. And when Drew Barrymore got her star, she had Lucy Lou and Cameron Diaz stand next to her when she got it. Made perfect sense. I think three of the stars of Sex and the City do get along. The, the ones who all came back actually do get along. Yeah, but it's you know Kim what Couture. I'm saying. Yeah, totally. And and it's always fun to see that. Like, I, I know, I remember uh, I'm friends with Mira Sorvino. I met her years ago and interviewed her and we've just stayed in touch over the years. And she and Lisa, Lisa Kudrow got together and did the Romy Michelle bit last year with the Emmys or one of those award shows. And they went out there and they're pink in their blue dresses. It's interesting to see these celebrities sort of like bring up these old franchises and just kind of see like, are people still interested? I'd go see Charlie's Angels. Yeah, a million percent. So good. So good. All right, coming up in our final hour, was this guy okay for skipping his sister's wedding to go to a gay club? Um, We'll talk about if he's the a-hole or not coming up. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. It's time for another round of Am I the A-hole, Okay. So, am I the a-hole for skipping my homophobic sister's wedding to go to a gay club? This 23-year-old man uh, said he grew up idolizing his big sister. She's 29, right? Um, When I was 14 years old, came out as gay. Said his sister was always supportive of him, but that her relationship changed after she met her now husband in college. This one hits close to home. Yeah, it does, I'm sure. uh, He grew up in a very traditional Christian household. They met at a frat mixer in Alabama. Uh, started dating shortly after, right? Well, one time when her fiancé was on FaceTime with them, uh, I mentioned a Tinder date with a guy, and she told him I was joking. And then we started to grow apart after that. 
like she t- wanted to like tone it down and pretend like it didn't exist, right? Oh. It's actually one of the plot lines of Bros. <laughs> That's true. Um, and so they set a date for their wedding. A few months after, I met my current boyfriend of eight months. Coincidentally, I found out that my boyfriend's birthday was also the day of my sister's wedding. We talked about that in advance and decided to celebrate his birthday on a different day. At one point, I could hear her fiance, though. Uh, she was getting kind of distant. And her fiance uh, said he was looking forward to my boyfriend and me and whispering, they're going to make me and my family uncomfortable when he was talking about them coming to the wedding, right? So this guy was offended, obviously. His sister and her now fiance, soon-to-be husband, are embarrassed by him. Um, said it, But she said it was fine that he's gay, but that he shouldn't force it on everyone else. And that was it. Right. At that moment, he said, cool, we're not coming. We're going to go celebrate my boyfriend, his birthday, on your wedding night at a club instead. Yeah. Which is exactly what they do. Now, he said he felt guilty for missing his sister's wedding, but also, like, just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, I don't think you should feel guilty at all. I've always said, I don't care if you're blood, if you're disrespectful... You don't get to be a part of the people that you love's lives. Period. period. You just don't. I don't believe blood is thicker than water. Like, I've never subscribed to any of that. And if she doesn't want to be respectful of his relationship and doesn't want to support his relationship, he has no reason to go support her wedding day. Yeah. And he doesn't need to do it angrily, but... No, he's not going to go honor her marriage when she can't honor his. Also, this guy is 23. Take it from me. I'm dealing with it right now. You know my sister. My sister and I were best friends. We lived together for a decade. Decade. We drove cross country from New York to L.A. together. Uh, moved out here together. Worked at gay clubs together. Yeah. Right. She was a bartender at at, at um, Here Lounge with me. She was a bartender at Eleven with me. Yeah. We worked events for the Abbey together. Like she was in the community. Yeah. Loved us. No problems whatsoever. Meets a new guy. At our old church, worship leader, everything changed. Everything changed. She didn't come to my wedding. She doesn't talk to me anymore. She thinks that I'm living in sin. And I'm 42 years old and I'm still dealing with this. So if I can say something to this 23-year-old, listen, rip that Band-Aid off now and move on. Totally. Because just because she is your sister doesn't mean you owe her your happiness. Period. And if she and her husband are going to crack jokes about you... In your relationship? Come on. That's not God-loving. No, never. Never. And, you know, I just want to say that if you are a believer in God, honey, God doesn't like ugly. Sure doesn't. And I don't know why so many of these little God-lovers are so ugly. That part. Tell me something good. All right, it's always Pride here at Channel Q, but right now it actually is LGBTQ History Month. So here's a little history lesson for you. We're talking about the history of the rainbow flag. The rainbow flag was created in 1978 by artist, designer, and Vietnam War veteran and drag performer. Because many things can coexist at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's called intersectionality, people. His name is Gilbert Baker. He was commissioned to create a flag by another gay icon, politician Harvey Milk for San Francisco's annual Pride Parade. Now, at the time, the most commonly used image for the uh, gay rights movement was the pink triangle, a symbol used by the Nazis to identify homosexuals. Um, And it's interesting because that was actually taken back, and now that's sort of a symbol for lesbianism and and, and female empowerment. Um, But the rainbow flag has evolved so many times 
and I think that we're kind of up to date. We just had a new flag painted outside of our studio, and um, they had everything down to the uh, the yellow circle, the triangle at the other end of the black and the brown at the beginning of the flag. Yeah. So we're very updated right now. Very updated. I was at Harvey Milk's uh, old headquarters in the Castro last year when we were in San Francisco. Oh my gosh! And they had they have uh, the history of all the different flags in our community and when they actually were created. Some were just created like within the last few years. Wow. Pretty cool That's stuff. amazing. Yeah. Okay, I love this story. Taking a ketamine and looking at smiling faces is a therapy that could help end depression according to a new study. You know, I'm a big fan of the IV ketamine. Uh, researchers found that reading happy words and looking at happy faces, including one's own, can prolong ketamine's antidepressant effects for months. Besides it uh, being uh, used as an illicit party drug, ketamine was actually proved by the US FDA in 1970. Uh, for use as an aesthetic to kill pain and was used in treating injured soldiers on the battlefields in the Vietnam War. Doctors began to realize that the drug had powerful effects against depression and suicidal thoughts called the speedster of antidepressants because it works within hours. Emergency responders sometimes give it to agitated people rescued from suicide attempts. Um, it's amazing. I, I can't say it enough. I've had my doctor call in. I've had about eight treatments. It's recommended to have six um, and then every couple of months. But it's amazing. I know that a lot of people are like, oh, is it a horse tranquilizer? Um, It's not. Read about it. Educate yourself. It's incredible. So I love that it's like getting what it deserves. I hope more people are willing to try it. That looking at a smile can help them get over depression. Because you know what movie was number one at the box office this weekend? Hmm. Smile. The new horror film where people just smile at you, and if they smile at you, you have like eight days till you die or something. Yeah. So it's a very different take on it, but it won the box office this Creepy. weekend. Creepy. Bros didn't do great at the box office nationwide, but it's a really, really, really great film. So but we've also learned that it doesn't matter what the public thinks. It's for us. It doesn't it's matter. It's for us. Totally. It's getting like a 97% audience score. It's hilarious. It's yeah. so funny. Straights don't get it. They don't deserve us. No. All right, coming up uh, tomorrow, how can our animals speak to us psychically? This is so exciting. Apparently they can. Uh, but make sure you tune in tonight to Loveline. Uh, questions you should ask your partners to deepen your relationship. Dr. Chris Donahue will let you know all about that. As always, thank you for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 